This is CliffCentral.com. When we celebrate books, we celebrate activities, writing, reading, translating, publishing, which help individuals to raise and fulfill themselves. And we celebrate this in a fundamental way. These are fragile, uh, uh, fragile freedoms. It is our duty everywhere in the world to protect these freedoms and to promote reading and writing in order to fight literacy, poverty, and to strengthen the foundation as peace, as well as to protect the publishing-related professions and professionals. My name is Subin Boya Arnold, and welcome to Future CEOs, and this is the Power Woman segment. And it is of a privilege, and she came in here rushing because it was breaking news to introduce to you the groundbreaking Power Woman for today, and that is Mandy Weiner. She's an author, a writer, a journalist, and so much more. But I think most importantly... Mom and wife, welcome to the show. Mandy. Thanks so much, Toby. Great to be here. How are you doing? I'm good. Lots going on. I know. <laughs> I know. There's breaking news and I'm juggling my phone and uh, all sorts of things and, and busy and um, getting photographs of my children on their way home from oh. school. You know, lots all, going on. All going on at the same time. You heard me introduce that little uh, excerpt that I got from the the educational kind of profile that I love to do. What did you think of just professionalism of what you do? Um, yeah, so look, obviously it's really important to the, you know, what, what we do in, in terms of exposing the truth and, um, you know, pursuing, I suppose, justice in a way, although we're not law enforcement officers or prosecutors or anything. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the whole concept of, of, of journalism is, um, I mean, something I'm very, very proud of. And you always say to um, upcoming journalists or, or wannabe journalists that you should rather study law than journalism. Yes, I do. Why do you say that? Um, well, I mean, my journalism professors um, hate me for this. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. I don't know. I always just think that um, it's always better to to have a speciality or an expertise um, in a particular field that you're going to be in. So if you want to go into financial journalism, go and do a BCom. Um, if you want to go into legal journalism, do law. If you want to do health journalism, um, get a BSc. Um, because then at least you've got that basis, that, un- that uh, underlying kind of groundwork. Um, I think that uh, you learn a great deal when you're studying journalism, um, but you learn far more on the job. Yeah. Um, you know, you learn so much more when you're sitting in an actual press conference. You always say that. Yeah, so I'm uh, showing up, doing the hard work, getting your hands dirty. Exactly, and the only way to, to do this is, you know, the whole Malcolm Gladwell uh, 10,000 hour story. Uh, yeah. um, you know, it's literally being out there Putting in the starting hours. from the bottom. Yeah, I mean, I, I started off writing traffic um, <laughs> on on Halfelt and, yeah. and 702, yeah. and literally writing traffic bulletins for Harry Sidropoulos and Aki Anastasiou, yeah. um, and call screening overnight. So I would go into um, into the studio at two o'clock on a Saturday morning and go and call screen until five o'clock and then go to sleep. Is that the very beginning? Yeah, I mean, that's how you get a, a foot in the door, um, and that's the the best way to do it. And then you you volunteer for every single thing possible. You stick your hand up every single time something happens and you rush out to every breaking story. I know you're a groundbreaking author and writer and journalist, so books like Behind the Door, Killing Cable, My Second Invitation, your latest Ministry of Crime. And I know you've had numerous um, interviews um, based on your incredible work and your incredible bravery and your incredible drive and you loving the, the thrive of deadlines. Um, I want to, on Power Woman, touch on the value of our voices as women, the value of truth, the value mm. of, uh, of honesty, and the value of trust in our society. And that's really where I want our conversation to go. Legal versus moral. 
Yeah, it's a tough one always, you know. And as a journalist, um, you have to be aware of the legal. What is what's because the difference the, is, the difference is like legal is is obviously there's quite strict legislation around what you can say and what you can't say. Moral is whether you should or shouldn't say it. Yeah. You know, so legally, I could say something about somebody if they've done something something wrong, I'd may defame them. Um, but if I've got public interest uh, basis claw for the clause, um, you know, then legally I can say something. But morally, should I say this thing? Yeah. You know, is it the right thing to do? What are the implications of it? And that's a constant juggle for us. Of course it is. What is the hardest part of your job? Um Yeah, I mean obviously the hardest part of the job is 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 in in the gathering of information and confirming it and piecing it together. Um you know, How do you know when somebody's telling a lie or your truth? You don't know. I mean, you know, and it's not my job to determine that. Yeah. Um, you know, I always see my job as putting Different versions of the truth out there and people deciding. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I've said about, you know, in my latest book, um, in Ministry of Crime, um, I try and put as many different versions of the truth out there, but I don't make the decision around who's lying and who isn't. That's mm-hmm. for the reader to decide. Yeah. Tell us about ethics and morality. What, what is your stance? On that? I mean, ethics is, is, um, fundamental to, to your reputation as a journalist. So, and a lot of that comes down to self-regulation. Mm. Um, so obviously there are, um, bodies that regulate journalism in terms of, of, of morals and ethics. Mm. Um, but a lot of that comes from within. Mm. Um, and that comes from, you know, am, am I doing the right thing? Am I pursuing the right stories? The, the public interest versus what's interesting to the public argument. Um, you know, should I be looking at a particular sector more than another? Um, am I prejudging based on, on my own history or my own lived correct, experience? Correct. Am I not understanding somebody else's lived experience? Um, so a lot of that goes into formulating, um, a story and, and how we interpret things. Who has been a driving woman in your life? With the work that you do And the woman that you are today So I've been very fortunate To work with a number of Power, power women Who are they? Um, you know my, they? Most yeah. of the, the people who, who mentored me When I was younger Were all women Wonderful um, And and my my editor For my entire career Has been Katie Katapodos Yes At Eyewitness News And she um, You know She's she's guided me She's had so much wisdom She has given me opportunities um, So without a doubt I would say that she um, She's up there um, And then You know All, my, all of my the team that I work with at my publishing house at Pan Macmillan uh, are all women. So Andrea That's Natras. incredible. That's incredible. Yeah. Um, and then I also just in the media, I've, I've had the good fortune to, to encounter people like Jane Rafaeli, who yes. was a trailblazer. Trailblazer. An absolute, veteran. Yeah, yeah, an absolute, um, you know, she is the doyen of, uh, of the, the magazine industry. Um, and then just other colleagues at different media organizations. Um, you know, a lot of them are, are women. Iman Petty, um, all sorts, you know. So, so definitely. I mean, I've I've had amazing women in my career. And in this day and age, is it a still a very much a male-dominated industry? Or I, no, I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, some people would would argue that, but if you go into into any newsroom, you'll see plenty of women around. Um, in fact, I generally encounter more women than than men on on stories on mm. on some occasions. Um, and yet, some of those are, are pretty um, testing, volatile situations. You know, um, if I go out onto um, I mean, I don't do it anymore. <laughs> I'm a little bit older now. Um, you know, we're going out to, to a protest or, or whatever. Um, you know, then you'll see women there. It's not unusual. I, I'm, I'm really kind of uh, imagining us being the Christiana Amman Pauls of our day and our age. I mean, I used to watch as a young girl and just her um, integrity, 
her insight, her bravery, oh, yeah. her yeah. reporting quality. What do you think of her? She, oh, so she's, it, I, she I, is she's like always our, been like the. She is the yeah, it girl. She is the it girl. I mean, she's always been the one that that uh, that I've aspired to to be growing up. I always, you know, I had pictures of <laughs> other people had pictures of I don't know movie stars. I had pictures of Christian. I'm unbelievable. Um, you know, so so definitely. And then you know, like I, I I was very fortunate to work with somebody like Alex Crawford, who like is kind of that person now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with Going into Myanmar and Libya and, and wherever. Um, I don't really like harbor that desire anymore. Um, my life's changed. How so? Um, well, I've got children, mm. so it's different. So I'm not, you know, I'm not so keen to rush off to a war zone anymore. My priorities are different. Absolutely. Um, but the 23 year old me was, you know, ready to pack my bag and be on a plane to, to any conflict zone in a heartbeat. Work life balance. Is there such? No, no, it doesn't exist. It's a myth. <laughs> An absolute myth. This work-life how, balance how do nonsense. you handle? Because I can see that you know your mind is a lot, and then baby and hubby. Yeah, I've got two kids. So oh, congrats! Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's it's full. You know, there's there's a lot going on. Um, I mean, my husband's got a very big, important job as well. Um, you know, so I've got a lot of help. You know, there's there's lots of people around me that support me. Um, and I try and make time. So I don't do the daily uh, running around to news stories anymore. I just don't want to do it anymore. Um, so I don't rush out to protests and shootings and what press is, conferences. What and is that your kind highest of priority of your day when you start your day when it comes to your work? Um, making sure that everyone is like dressed and presentable. Mm. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, that's, it's the practicalities of, of, of running a household, you know, and then, obviously balancing that with, you know, if there's a breaking news story, trying to ensure that you do that. Um, and then having to, you know, with, with books, it's different. It's kind of like a long running project. Mm. So, you know, there's not necessarily the urgency around it. Mm. Um, but if you've got an interview scheduled for, for a book, then you need to make sure that you get there and that you don't disappoint or let people down or have to cancel. Um, and then, of course, you know, little people are very demanding. <laughs> <laughs> How far will you go to uncover the truth? Mandy. Oh, within reason, you know. So, I mean, obviously you go as far as you possibly can. Um, never pay for a story, yeah. never do anything dodgy for a story, yeah. never manipulate sources. Yeah. Um, you know, often you set out to uncover a story and you find that the story isn't what you set out to uncover. It's something very different. And it's hard to um, to get your head around that sometimes because I suppose when you're younger, you set off in search of, of a story and you go after that regardless. But I suppose with, with maturity and age comes... Um, you know, you end up being a bit more circumspect. Um, so you, you're not willing to go quite as far for a story. You're rather willing to understand the, the journey along the way. Oh, that sounded deep, eh? I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Did you surprise yourself? <laughs> Mans, tips for aspiring journalists. What, what would you say is? Take I mean, whatever job you can. So, you know, a lot of, a lot of millennials yeah. are like, this, fast is, track. this is beneath me. Fast track. Yeah. Fast track. There's no fast track in this game. Um, you know, there is a lot of juniorization of how long newsrooms. You, sorry, my love. How long have you been doing this now? Um, 20 years? No, no, I'm not that old. You are. <laughs> <laughs> um, You're looking good. Thanks. thanks. <laughs> so I started in, in like 15 years. Yeah. Like just, just not, not too bad. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, about 15 years. So, um, yeah. So I started off, you know, really doing the hard yards and that's how you've got to do it. You know, a lot of what I, what I have now is institutional memory. What is that? So like, 
if you ask me who the last five national directors of public prosecutions are and why they left and what the legal battles were around their appointment, then I could tell you that. Mm. You know, and if you're coming in and you want to be a journalist mm. and, you know, you can't give that kind of analysis or interpretation having been in the job for a few months, you know, you need to, you need to read a lot. And I mean, I'm amazed sometimes with young journalists who are like, no, I don't, I don't read the Sunday papers. Mm. Um, I'm, you know, I'm too busy laughing, you know, with, on Instagram or whatever. Mm. Um, you know, so you've got to read a lot. You have to read. And, and your scope should be very, yes, should be very varied. And, um, and you have to like also go back and research history. You know, mm. people, I mean, you know, people don't remember what happened 20 years ago, and that all provides context for what happens today. We write history as we speak. Yeah, of course. And you know, and, and as journalists, you also have a front row seat to history. And, Correct. you know, we are the first, we write the first draft of history. Correct. So it comes with great responsibility, and you have to get the facts right. Um, just quick fire. I'm going to say a word, and you tell me exactly what pops into your head. Okay. Curiosity. I killed the cat. <laughs> Uh, enlightenment. Enlightenment. Yeah. Um, we'll move on. Yes. Confidence. Sorry. Confidence. Yeah. Um, comes with experience. Guts. Trust in your gut. Instinct. Yeah. It? Guts. No guts. No glory. Love it. Purpose and passion. Um, this is very deep, eh? Hey? I, I, I like it. I know, but this is just not my vibe. <laughs> is it not? Hey? Welcome to Power Woman on Future Things. Thanks. <laughs> okay, let's, let, let, let's go back a bit. What is your current must read book and why? Um, oh, so I can say what I've just finished reading. Yeah. Um, so I read this incredible book called I'll Be Gone in the Dark. By uh, Michelle McNamara, yeah. who uh, was a writer, a crime writer, who had a, had a crime, uh, true crime blog, um, and she was investigating this serial killer and rapist that she Jeez. called the Golden State Killer. And um, the Golden State Killer was actually arrested about a month ago, but she died in 2016 in her sleep. And her book just came out now. Um, she was actually married to the actor Patton Oswalt. Yes. Um, so he yes. helped finish the book and the book just came out like a month ago. Um, yeah, like a month ago or no, a few months ago. And then they've just arrested the guy. They reckon that the book helped to arrest the guy 30 years after all of this happened. I wish we were streaming live because you just light up when you're talking and <laughs> describing this latest read. How has your profession kind of transformed and influenced you as, as, Mandy and well, I suppose it defines me to to a degree. Yeah. You know, people meet me and they're like, Oh, what's news? Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't get old. Um you know, so people <laughs> Lo- I promise I will never ask Thanks. you that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah, I mean I think that it definitely has, has defined me and um yeah, I mean it, it's it's inherent in journalism. It's it's something that's in your blood. You know, there's no, there's no two ways about it. Fill in the blanks. Oh, this again. Yes. Yeah. I love playing games. Are you looking at the red light to see how much time we have? Yeah. I'm like, how much longer do I have? Stop stop it, man. Stop it. (laughs) Books are. Um, An opening to the world. Yeah. What you know for sure. What do you know for sure? (laughs) Nothing. We know absolutely nothing for sure. Tell us more about. Your company. Theory, practical, writing, training. It's a Mandy Wiener Media. Tell yeah, so, so I mean, besides for, um, for what I do, 
that I'm known for. I mean, I do a lot of media training, corporate media training. So I go in and spend a lot of time with um, executives, teaching them how to be interviewed um, and how to get their message across and key messaging and um, getting the most out of interview experiences. Mm. So I do a lot of that and practicals as well. Um, and I do a lot of corporate talks, you know, speaking, giving people behind the behind the scenes insight into the criminal justice system and also the importance of, of civil society and civic action as well. Mm. Um, you know, so, so I do a lot of that for, for corporates. What are you willing to stand up for, Mandy? Um, justice, you know. Um, you know, it's always important to give people a voice. Um, and that's, that's a large part of what we do. You know, we are kind of the, the conduit for people to get their stories out there into the world. Um, and, and, you know, that's, that's definitely what I'm wanting to, to stand up for is giving people that, that opportunity to have the freedom of speech. What is the hardest lesson about being an author and being an, uh, investigative journalist? What is the hardest part for you? Mm, I think it's the impact of what you do. And, and the reality of that. So often, you know, when, when you're younger, you write stories and you don't think about the consequences. Mm. Um, you know, whether they're negative or, and as you get older, you start to think more about that and, and what the impact is of, of what you do. So, um, yeah, that's definitely something that, that I think about a lot. What would you like your, tell us a little, let me go back. Tell us a little bit about your creative space in your home. You've got a study. You've got a beautiful place where you read your books. Mm. Is that where you find your solace? Is that where you find your creative juices? <laughs> so, so had yeah. you asked me that question like three years ago, <laughs> I would have said yes. You know, I've got this beautiful study, and mm. it's like lined with with books, and it's all brilliant. Yeah. Um, the reality of that is that <laughs> now that I have two small the children, two, the, the two babas, I have to flee my house in order to work. So I end up writing in coffee shops and restaurants and reading elsewhere. Or late at night, um, because the, the reality of my life is very different. Mm. Um, so most of my latest book was actually written in coffee shops and, and restaurants mm. because it's impossible to, to work from home. Um, when you've got small children, they just want to come in and work on my laptop and sit on my head and color in and whatever else. So uh, although that's quite a romantic notion, <laughs> um, it no longer exists in reality. You want to just uh, give us a brief oversight of, you know, your bestseller of notes, the Ministry of Crime. Just give us a little uh, a, a sweet session about that experience. So, I mean, so, so what the book looks at really is, yeah. is, is two things. So the one is, is what's happened in the underworld in South Africa over the past 10 years. So from Kebble to Kreitcher to Modak and Lufman now. Um, and then in parallel to that is, is kind of the story of the criminal justice system and the capture of the criminal justice system. Um, so, so it's, it's those two stories told in, in parallel. And when I talk about the Ministry of Crime, I talk about the relationship between law enforcement Yes. Um, politicians and, yes. and political Oof, interests. That is so juicy. That's um, juicy stuff. <laughs> Why don't you come with a signed autograph copy for Power Woman? You should have been sent one. <laughs> we'll, we'll get onto we'll that. We'll get onto that. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and criminals. So, you know, it's, it's that kind of nexus between these three different worlds and, um, how they intersect with each other. And, you know, how really, how so many cops are, are, yep. are involved with, with organized crime and that symbiotic relationship. You know, these like the, the, the high speed heights, robbery heights, apparently the hawks are all in there. I was listening to yeah. you, you know, and it's, 
trust, as I said, your truth and what we're experiencing, what is revealed to us by well, yeah. So it comes private. down to you know who watches the watchman, um, and we're supposed to have great faith and trust in the police. Um, but the truth is, the many of the police officers are complicit in in the crime, and and there's a number of instances that I recount in the book where the people who are supposed to be investigating the uh, bad guys or bad uh, guys are bad guys themselves. Listen, have you ever been like no? Oh. I get asked this question all the time. Do you? All the time. Finish, yeah. finish it. Finish it for me. Jacques Postal, have they come into your house on some list and we want the documents? No, no, no. So, I mean, because you're very Jacques Paul, baby. No? I'm, I'm very what? Jacques Paul. Jacques Paul. Yeah. yeah I mean, <laughs> Is that a compliment or a. a I don't know. No, it's a compliment, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So, no, no, no. I've never had that kind of. Interrogation like, kind of interrogation. and. Interrogation. No. Do you fear for that? No, no. No, I mean, if you listen to Jacques Poe tell that story, he'll be like, oh, the one cop came in with a book and asked him to sign it. Um, and his chef threw his laptop out the window. You know, so, yeah, 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 you know, yeah. I mean, they, it's not something they really worry about. How do we get into publishing? How do we get our books published? What was your, tell I us mean, about people that journey. have got, no, my journey is not the normal experience. It's we love different. that. Yes. Um, you know, I, I think it helped that I had a reputation already as a journalist. So I um, spoke to someone who spoke to somebody and, and then I met with the publishers and I'd written one magazine article and they offered me a book deal. I mean, it doesn't happen like that in reality, you know. So, um, you know, the, the thing about being published is everybody has this glamorous idea of the publishing industry. And the truth is in this country, not a lot of people buy books, unfortunately. So a bestseller is 5,000 copies. You don't make a lot of money out of it. There's very few people who can actually just. But be didn't your latest author. book wasn't it a hundred thousand copies, friend? That was the first one. Oh. Yeah, but I mean that it was that a sh- phenomenon. Like you know that, that doesn't is, happen. That does not happen. Yeah, like not everybody is a president's keepers book or a killing cable. Is, is it? A, can you make money from what you do? Mm, you can make money, but you can't live off it. So you can't just write books. It's not possible. Um, you have to do other things. You have to have another job to supplement it or, you know, whatever it is. Um, or you do a lot of corporate speaking off the back of, of yeah. your books or something like that. Yeah. It's hard to, to just write books. Unless you're Dion Mayer <laughs> and you write, um, you know, fiction that's, that's booming. Um, or if you are, um, Dudubé or something, you know. So like you've got to sell a fortune of books to, to really, yeah. Um, inspiring authors that you find inspiring, not necessarily South African. Uh, who, who are your greats? Um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely other, other journalists as well that, that I like to read. I read a lot of nonfiction. Um, okay. you know, so like Greg Marinovich's book on the Bang Bang Club for me was like a seminal work. Um, when I was a journalist, I yeah. thought that was amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I mean, I read a lot of my colleague stuff. Um, and then I do try and read some fiction as well, usually local, local fiction. Um, and I mean, it usually comes down to crime. <laughs> it's the honest truth of it. What do you, be, what do you say about this, um, sentence? Contributing to the conversations of our culture and our time. Sorry? Contributing to the conversations of our culture and our time. Is it a question? It's a statement. What do uh, you think about um, that? No, I think a lot of it comes down to the, like the zeitgeist of the moment, you know, and we dictate that as, as journalists, you know, what is the culture of our time? Yeah. Um, and, and I suppose it works both ways in that we define that by what we put out there into the media space, but also what people want defines what we put out there. I mean, if you look at, at the culture of our time and what, what journalists want to write about is often, um, 
uh, war and serious issues, corruption, whatever it is, corruption. Greed, but what people want to read about is the Kardashians. You know, that's the reality. Mm. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's the, the balance that we always have to, have to weigh up is this public interest versus what's interesting to the public. And that's the culture that of, of our time that, that you speak of. So wrapping it up with, um, Mandy Wiener right here on Power Women section of our future CEOs. Last couple of questions. Where do you see yourself? Where's your growth? Where's your journey? I don't know. I'm just trying to be in the moment right now. I'm trying to be a mindful and present, um, and kind of do what we need to do on this book. Yeah. Um, and then I'll see, you know, I'll see where the future takes me. Any last, um, words of advice to aspiring journalists? Or entrepreneurs out there who really emulate to be the kind of writer and truth, uh, ethical, impact-focused woman that you are. I think they just, you know, people need to have integrity about what they do. Yeah. Um, and as a journalist, you are only as good as your reputation. That that's your currency is your reputation. So, you know, you have to be beyond reproach. You have to have integrity. You have to. Um, respect people. You have to honor your word. You've got to be Love true to, to, to what you say to people. Um, and that's, that's fundamental. What's the biggest lesson and the hardest lesson that you've learned in your career about who you are? Uh, such big questions you're asking me. Um, you can do it. I think nothing disappears. You know, there's, you, you always leave a, a trail behind you. You know, whether it be positive in terms of your legacy, um, but also negative. You know, we, I mean, when we go looking for dirt on people, we find it because it's there. Um, so I think that's, that's something people always need to remember. We have to eliminate darkness. Humanity has to exemplify honesty and the truth. As, um, I'd like to put it, the truth exonerates, it convicts. Am I right? The truth certainly does convict. Okay. Literally. Okay. Uh, 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 um, work with me here. So I'm going to say a couple of things and you can say yeah or nay. The truth disinfects. It galvanizes. Yeah or nay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The truth shields us against corruption and greed. Yeah or nay? Mm, nay. Okay. The truth has to be told. It has to be written. It has to be unpacked. We have to proclaim it and we have to be good at it. Yay. 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 <laughs> and that's me, Subin Boy Arnold with the power woman, the groundbreaking power woman, author, writer, journalist, groundbreaking power woman on future CEOs, Mandy Wiener. Thank you so much. Until next time, future CEOs, be blessed. Bye bye. This is cliffcentral.com.